0: Welcome to the European Heart Journal Case Report Podcast 2022. I'm Dr. Ashwin Babu, Podcast Editor. Today, I'll be talking about a case report by Anthony Mezier, Claire Dauphine, Gerard Sotirand, Pascal Mottraff, from Clermont-Ferrand, France, titled Unusual Interventional Treatment of a Complex Calcified Coronary Artery Lesion in Child with Kawasaki Disease, a case report, Introduction. Kawasaki disease was first identified in 1967 in Japan. It is an acute medium vessel vasculitis that principally affects children with potential lifelong sequelae. In particular, it can cause a destructive inflammatory process within the coronary arteries, leading to the formation of coronary artery aneurysms, ectasia, and complex coronary lesions. These lesions pose an ongoing challenge in interventional cardiology. The following case report describes the case of a young child undergoing percutaneous coronary intervention, otherwise known as PCI, on a chronic total occlusion, known as CTO, of the right coronary artery. Summary of case reports. A four-year-old boy presented to his local hospital with fever and fatigue. Clinical examination revealed a rash, enanthem an and cervical infranopathy. Biochemical parameters demonstrate elevated inflammatory markers. A diagnosis of Kawasaki disease was made. However, the patient required two courses of intravenous immunoglobulin due to refractory symptoms. Echocardiography showed coronary aneurysms of the proximal left anterior descending artery, also known as the LAD, and coronary ectasia of the right coronary artery, known as the RCA. This was confirmed by coronary angiography, which demonstrated a maximal aneurysm diameter of 9.5 mm in the LAD, and 7mm in the RCA. The patient was asymptomatic, and treatment with aspirin and warfarin was initiated. Seven years later, at the age of 11, a computer tomography coronary angiography, also known as CTCA, was performed, which revealed stable size of the aneurysms. At the age of 13, the patient underwent a stress echocardiogram, which demonstrated ischemia in a large inferior territory. Although he was asymptomatic, he underwent a repeat coronary angiography which exhibited intermediate stenosis upstream of the LAD coronary and a CTO of the RCA. Fractional flow reserve of the LAD was negative at 0.86. Given this negative fractional flow reserve in the LAD territory and large area ischemia in the RCA territory, the patient was discussed at the heart team meeting. The consensus was that the patient should undergo a monotruncal endoluminal re of the RCA. The lesion was predilated with a 2.5mm by 50 mm semi-compliant balloon. Due to the under-expansion, a 3mm by 50 mm non-compliant balloon was used. Optical coherence tomography, also known as OCT, was undertaken, which demonstrated a dissection flap over the long calcified segment and extensive annular calcification. Both the cutting balloon and rotoblator was used for calcium modification. A 3x38mm drug-eluting stent was deployed, resisting focal underexpansion of the stent at the site of occlusion. Once more, OCT showed dissection flap to the part of the distal stent, stent underexpansion, and coronary rupture to the proximal stent. Post dilatation with a 3x10mm non-compliant high-pressure balloon was successful at treating the underexpansion. Due to the hemodynamic and ECG stability, a suboptimal outcome of this complex angioplasty was accepted. Clopidogrel was added in addition to aspirin and warfarin for 6 months. 6 months post-PCI, a stress echo was performed which was negative. Follow-up angiography, 1 year post-PCI, showed the development of two false aneurysms at the site of stenting. This required an OST-guided covered stent. Due to the use of covered stenting, a prolonged course of triple antithrombotic therapy was decided. Finally, an angiography with OCT a further six months down the line showed patent stents without complications and stable LAD lesion. Four years later, at the age of 18, the patient remains asymptomatic without any physical limitations. With regular, negative stress echocardiography, he remains on triple antithrombotic therapy. Discussion Kawasaki disease remains a rare condition. Its incidence in children, less than 5 years of age, ranges from 5 to 25 per 100,000 children in the Western world to 322 per 100,000 children in Japan. Diagnosis of Kawasaki disease is based on the presence of 5 days or more of fever, alongside the presence of 4 or more of the following clinical features. 1. Erythema of lymphs or oral mucosa. 2 bilateral barbara conjectural injection without exudate, 3. A diffuse maculopapular rash, erythema or edema of the hands or feet, and 4. Cervical lymphadenopathy, which measures more than 1.5 cm in diameter. Given the wide range of clinical presentation, there is inevitably a delay in diagnosis and treatment which can lead to fatal coronary artery complications. Whilst 80% of small and medium-sized aneurysms regress in size, giant coronary artery aneurysms rarely diminish. Coronary angiography is recommended for giant coronary artery aneurysms within the first year after diagnosis of Kawasaki disease, with periodic surveillance every 1-5 years to monitor the evolution of coronary anomalies. Individuals with significantly large or extensive aneurysms only develop symptoms once ischemia develops. These symptoms, although atypical, occur secondary to thrombosis or severe disruption of blood flow. In addition, there have been rare reports of ruptured coronary artery aneurysms with subsequent myocardial ischemia and pericardial tamponade. Therefore, one should always be wary of this life-threatening complication. In the acute phase of Kawasaki disease, Treatment with intravenous immunoglobulin has been proven to dramatically reduce the presence of coronary artery abnormalities. However, a proportion of patients still develop coronary artery dilatation and aneurysms, and these coronary lesions often require extensive calcium modification. PCI is often high complex due to the high risk of immediate complications such as coronary artery aneurysm rupture and tamponade, and delayed complications. Such as false aneurysms, restenosis, or suboptimal stent placement due to the nature of the lesions. Therefore, meticulous pre procedural planning is required with intravascular imaging. OCT is a preferred intravascular imaging tool for characterizing the quantity and extent of calcium. In comparison to intravascular ultrasound, OCT has a higher resolution and can identify a calcium with increased accuracy. The mode of revascularization should be discussed in a multidisciplinary team setting. Although coronary artery bypass grafting is the mainstay of treatment in patients with left mainstem involvement, multivessel disease not amenable to PCI, or multivessel in diabetics, and multivessel with reduced left ventricular function in the general population, this has not yet been studied in the Kawasaki population. Nonetheless, the American Heart Association provides class one recommendation for coronary artery bypass grafting for the aforementioned indications. With regard to PCI, a class one recommendation is provided for patients with single vessel disease or focal multivessel disease. This evidence mostly comes from Japan. The majority of PCI in Kawasaki disease is performed. Once again, there are very few large-scale data to evaluate the long-term efficacy of of PCI in patients with Kawasaki disease. Certain PCI techniques that have been utilized to treat complex anartic lesions in patients with Kawasaki include balloon angioplasty, plus or minus stenting, and rotational atherectomy, plus or minus stenting. Conclusion. Kawasaki disease can have fatal and devastating effects on the architecture of the coronary arteries. Thus, prevention with early recognition, diagnosis, and treatment of the condition is vital. Despite this, a number of patients still develop coronary artery aneurysms and subsequent thrombosis. Regular surveillance and careful pre-procedural planning, with multidisciplinary team discussions, are required for best patient outcomes. The authors wanted to highlight the following learning points: one, coronary artery lesions in Kawasaki disease may cause significant ischemic heart disease in children. The assessment of such lesions can be difficult and usually requires close follow up with imaging and functional studies. 2. The percutaneous management of complex and calcified coronary lesions in Kawasaki disease is usually challenging and can be associated with acute and long term complications such as false coronary artery aneurysm formation. 3. Intravascular imaging can help to diagnose false coronary aneurysms. Covered stents can be deployed to exclude the neck of the false coronary aneurysm. It is essential to know the specificities and indications of this stent to be able to manage some complications during PCI. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this interesting case for us. And thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Report podcast. References and the original case reports are available online Visit academic.oup.com dot com forward slash EHACR for other interesting case reports. Music is computed by stage shirts.